Make the choice to begin anywhere in your life, and the journey has started. We exist more than just to educate. We exist to also revitalize. And along the way, you can inspire others and be inspired. But now there's a new generation of scholars, and I am among them. If you really want to know who you are and what you are capable of, Howard is the choice for you. Take a moment. Listen to the stories by joining the president of Howard University, Dr. Wayne A.I. Frederick, and his guest on The Journey. The coronavirus pandemic has taken a significant and disproportionate toll on communities of color. To move past the pandemic and secure a community, from its devastating effects, we must do what is necessary to protect ourselves and others. When the time comes, men and women of color have to get vaccinated. Not only are the approved vaccines safe, but they have also proven to be more than 90% effective. While we must continue to keep our social distance, wear a mask and wash our hands for 20 seconds, nothing will help put an end to the pandemic like getting the vaccine. Today I'll be speaking with two leaders at Howard University Hospital about the COVID-19 vaccine. Hello, my name is Dr. Wayne Frederick, and my guests today on the journey are Dr. Maureen Bell, the Chair of Emergency Medicine at Howard University Hospital, and Roy Dunlap, the Director of Environmental and Guest Services at Howard University Hospital. So welcome to both of you. And Dr. Bell is joining us uh, by Skype. I'll start with you, Dr. Bell. Maybe you could describe uh, what it has been like working in the emergency room during the pandemic. You know, some people describe it almost as being in a war zone at times with the surges and so on. What, what, is it, what has it been like and what is it like uh, today? The coronavirus pandemic has been like nothing I've experienced in my medical career. We've, I mean, I am an emergency medicine physician. We're trained for disasters, but seeing patients impacted for such a prolonged period and dealing with this for such a prolonged period is something that as emergency physicians, we've not had to deal with before. And the difficulty with this is that we're seeing patients of all ages, patients who are our colleagues or family members. So it's been a tough time. And Mr. Dunlap, um, obviously you oversee workers who are often overlooked but are so essential to what we do. They are on the front lines. They actually are getting exposed to patients. They may not even realize um, have COVID as they move around um, the institution. What has it been like uh, and how apprehensive have your workers been about uh, contracting the virus? In the early stages, it was really tough for our department. Um, you know, because, you know, a lot of people didn't know really what's going on with COVID-19. So my department took a great hit where people was quitting. People didn't want to go and clean the room. You obviously, you can't work here if you can't clean the room. And a, a percentage of my staff got the COVID-19s. So at the beginning, early stages, it was tough. And then it was tough to hire people because, you know, the first thing I say, or you, we had to clean COVID-19 rooms. And once we, I say that, people say, no, thank you to the job. So it's pretty tough, you know, and the staff is still taking a hit as we speak. And, and over time, what has changed in terms of gaining their confidence? What do what you think has improved um, over time as you've gained experience with this? Well, I think our veterans is the ones who's been here for a long time. They've been through a bunch of stages. So the, vet, the veterans who, st who stuck it out are the ones who's showing strength and showing that, that we can combat the COVID-19. And we've been through, through this before with other diseases before. So, and you know, as well, I took the, I took the, the, the vaccine. So that kind of helped 
help pave the way because a lot of my staff now see that they need to take the vaccine too. And, and Dr. Bell, what was the reaction like amongst your staff in the early stages compared to now? So <laughs> there, there's so much we didn't know about this early on. Um, we, we didn't know how infectious it was, what were the precautions that really were necessary. And so we've, we've come a long way um, as a medical community in terms of what we now know about COVID-19, but there's still a lot that's unknown. So my staff now, um, and this is not just the physician staff, the clinical staff, the nurses, the techs, you know, people are now comfortable going into a room to treat a patient with COVID-19. They are confident in the PPE they're wearing. They're confident in the precautions they must take to protect themselves while caring for the patient. And, and I, I would assume that as your staff started hearing about the vaccine, there probably was robust conversation taking place um, you know, amongst them. Tell us, give me a sense of what the sentiment, the prevailing sentiment was and, and what types of categories people fell into in terms of, you know, vaccine hesitancy or acceptance for that matter? So I've had a lot of conversations with my staff. I mean, I've distributed literature. We've had, you know, just sit downs in the break room where people could ask questions, conversations in the hallways. And, you know, there, is a, there was a wide range of reactions to, you know, the vaccine, the fact that it's available. What does it mean? For some people, it just seemed that it was too soon. This was sooner than any other vaccine we'd seen develop. And then there were other concerns, you know, especially among the younger nursing staff, will it cause infertility? And then the other issue is, could you get COVID from this? So there were, there were lots of questions. And so... Um, you know, I had quite a few Q&A sessions where we were able to educate the staff. And in addition to the fact that on the first day, I did get my vaccine because I think it was important to set that example that I believe the vaccine is safe and effective. And this is the best tool we have to protect ourselves. You're listening to The Journey. My guests today are Dr. Maureen Bell, the Chair of Emergency Medicine at Howard University Hospital and Roy Dunlap, the Director of Environmental and Guest Services at Howard University Hospital. I'm Dr. Wayne Frederick, and, and I guess, you know, when I talk about this publicly, one of the things that I try to explain to people is that we have a general lack of trust in our institutions, right. law enforcement, uh, the banking system, when you look at the prior recession and uh, what happened with mortgages, and so on and on, and, and that, I think, is part of the issue with our medical institutions. But, I'm very curious for people who work within uh, a medical um, establishment to still have those. It shows that it really runs deep. Mm -hmm. And so what what um, you think helped overcome it, apart from you taking the vaccine? That clearly uh, set the tone. But do you have more people or even people who were absolutely against it now signing up to, to get the vaccine? Well, in the early pandemic, we had somebody in my department that passed away from the COVID-19. He didn't get it at the facility. So I think, uh, just saying, the early stages when they was talking about the vaccine, you know, they, they understood that they need to be protected, all right? And being a part of it, uh, being protected is getting the vaccine. We always gonna have that few that's always absolutely against it. 
They're against the flu shots. They're against all types of other things. So you have your few, and you have your few that's uh, it's against the fence. They're not undecided. So those are the people that, you know, I try to influence, try to get the ones who's against the fence. So little by little, my staff has been taking it because they're looking at me, you know, my first shot, you know, and they've been asking me. Then I get my second shot. They've been asking me. And little by little, two, two a day, one a day are starting to take it. They're getting to see that the vaccine is safe. And Mr. Dunlap, as you said, you, you got both doses. Why don't you describe uh, to our viewers and listeners uh, what uh, th that was like? Well, you know, of course, you know, I was a little bit nervous uh, about getting the vaccine. But, you know, like I said, as a leader and, you know, knowing that you was getting it and C.O. Jenkins was getting it, and I'm seeing um, Dean Mighty, all these hierarchies of management there, so it made me feel, I felt very comfortable that day. And once I got the, like, you know, saying the, the first dosage, just a sore arm, you know, I was just sleeping on my right, I slept on my left side. And then, you know, the second dosage I got on the left side, then instead of sleeping on my left side, I slept on my right side. So I really didn't have no side effects, anything like that. I'm feeling great every day. I'm here at work every day. I really haven't missed any days of work. You know, say it's for being out sick or headache, anything like that. So, so you had no muscle aches, no fever. Yeah. Just slept on one side and the other side. Yes, right. Okay. And thing. Dr. Bell, what about you? Um, have you had both doses or? I have had both. Okay. Um, you know, the first one actually was a breeze. I, I, I actually forgot that I got the vaccine the day I got it. Oh. Uh, the next day was a regular day. Uh, the second dose, um, I did have a little soreness at my, in my arm. I got it in the same arm on both occasions. But I did have some soreness after the second vaccine, but nothing else. I, I honestly, I had no fever. I had none of the other common symptoms that we've told people to expect because it's important that you know what, what to expect so you're not alarmed. But I, I just had some local soreness after the second shot. But otherwise, it's, uh, you know, I had no other side effects. So, so let's explore some of the myths, right, um, that are out there so our, our viewers and listeners can benefit um, from having these debunked and, and the information. What, what probably is one of the most common things you've heard? You mentioned Tuskegee, you know. Well, I think um, just the government is out, out to, to get black people and, they probably put a different dosage. I heard that. Um, I heard, they, like you said, the Tuskegee um, thing. I hear things about, you know, other shots cause autism, cause infertility, um, and all types of things. I hear it all. Yeah. So, so uh, you know, let's let's address a couple of those things. Uh, you know, first thing with the Tuskegee experiment, which was absolutely um, devastating. Um, African American males in the South with syphilis. Um, weren't treated for it, even when we knew there was a, a cure for it. And that obviously was inappropriate. As a result of that, um, when we conduct clinical trials now, there's a lot of um, safety and, and protection of the individual around it in terms of what you consent for. Um, you can actually, there are criminal charges that can be filed if you violate those and bring anyone under harm. So I think that there are lots of protections, and obviously this was done with a lot of scrutiny, so, you know, the chances of those things occurring, you know, and there, I think there will always be government's conspiracy theories, and um, like I said, uh, we, we do question 
governmental institutions as African-Americans because of our experience with them. And this is, this is one part of that. But obviously, some of the physicians involved, not only in making the decision about approving the vaccine um, through CDC and FDA, but also um, who've been involved in the research have been African-Americans as well. You know, and, and I, would, I hope people would uh, recognize that they obviously have an interest in seeing the right things happen. Dr. Bell, what, what types of, of uh, myths you've been hearing, or at least uh, reasons for not wanting to have the vaccine that, that you've been hearing? So, so one of the common things I got, like I said, from some of the younger staff was this issue of infertility. Okay. And so, you know, going back to the Pfizer trial, 12 people got pregnant during the trial. <laughs> and so once I shared that with them, they were like, really? <laughs> so, you know, a lot of it is, is myth. Um, and so if we're able to dispel those myths, then I think people will be a lot more comfortable in looking at the science and protecting themselves. And, and to be clear, for those listening, um, you know, pregnancy was a disqualifier to participate in the trial. But as uh, Dr. Bell was mentioning, some people actually got the vaccine not realizing they were pregnant and some people became pregnant subsequent. Mm -hmm. Uh, to getting to getting the vaccine, and we haven't seen any issues, um, you know, around their their deliveries, et cetera. Uh, and obviously, we we'll track them. It's still early, you know, stages. So that's something that we look at. As we close, I will um, state a couple of things that are concerned for me. If we get into April, May, as in the spring and we have a certain part of the population vaccinated, those people are gonna be comfortable getting out and going out. That's gonna start pushing and forcing the economy open. And unfortunately, waiters, waitresses, custodial staff at establishments are more likely to be uh, minorities and they may not um, have taken a vaccine. And so we can actually get another surge that's specifically in our community that does not impact uh, you know, the larger community, and that could be devastating. Um, and that's another reason I think that we, we need to get there. And, the, and then the last thing is, I do have some concerns about vaccine distribution, um, just ensuring that we get these out as much as possible. I don't think most of our population realizes that there are 54 vaccines under development. And so there's a lot that will be coming out, you know, fairly soon, different types of vaccines. Um, some vaccines where you only have to get one shot as well. Mm -hmm. And, and that convenience may encourage people. So thanks for being here. My guest today were Dr. Maureen Bell, the Chair of Emergency Medicine at Howard University Hospital, and Roy Dunlap, the Director of Environmental and Guest Services at Howard University Hospital. I'm Dr. Wayne Frederick. Please join me next time on The Dream.